Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 117. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week, as well as the host of many other amazing, I think are amazing podcasts on the MedEd Media Network, which you can find at mededmedia.com. That's M-E-D-E-D media.com. Today, we are finally finishing up with the cars section of the MCAT. I hope you have enjoyed this series of the MCAT, so the series of the MCAT podcast covering Next Step Test Prep Full Length 10, and specifically the car section this time. After the car section, we'll jump right into the next session of Bio Biochem. So keep staying tuned every week. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you can get it for free every week right on your device. If you're listening on the website right now, go to Spotify, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Google Podcasts. There's links on on my website at medicalschoolhq.net that'll send you to any of those applications. Let's go ahead and jump in and get started with some more cars prep. All right, Clara, passage nine, next step test prep, full length 10, the last passage for cars. We're going to have a celebration after today because we made it through. <laughs> yeah, we did. We made it through a whole cars section. <laughs> <laughs> it's so painful, but it's so good. <laughs> It's important, and, and I, I know, I know a lot of students have a lot of trouble with cars, but we got through it. Uh, and this one is fun, actually, because this one is going to be relevant to uh, your future as a doctor, because this one is about medical schools and the education that takes place there. I like it. Let's go. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Passage 9. At a medical school graduation ceremony, a young graduate offered thanks to professors and other healthcare professionals for the lessons about competent and humane care of patients and for exemplifying the highest level of professional and ethical behavior. But she also thanked other unnamed faculty members for unintentional lessons on how not to behave towards colleagues, patients, and their families. Remarkably, no one who attended the ceremony and was later questioned seemed uneasy about the allegation. This may be an indication that a lack of professionalism is tolerated and perhaps even expected in medical schools. It would be overly simplistic to suggest that within that particular medical school, or even within all medical schools, a few bad apples are responsible for such behavior. Rather, this graduate's experience reflects a hidden curriculum, i.e. information learned from the organizational environment, taught by example by faculty and other professionals. 
It illustrates a deep-rooted culture of disrespect and dysfunction that is pervasive throughout our healthcare system. Professional behavior is easily defined. It is intention or action that fosters trustworthy relationships. Unprofessional behavior takes many forms. As the graduate elaborated, behavior she witnessed included disrespectful patient care, such as performing medical procedures against the will of patients who are fully capable of decision-making, withholding diagnostic information from patients, speaking to patients disrespectfully, and allowing medical students and unprepared residents to care for patients with insufficient supervision. It included expressions of racism, sexism, and homophobia directed towards students, residents, nurses, and other physicians. In most institutions, there is a gap between the official version of medical aims, putting patients at the center of their endeavors, and the actual culture of the institution, which is maintaining a medical hierarchy. This conflict between ideal and real environment leads to cynicism, as medical professionals begin to accept ethically and professionally dubious practices as culturally acceptable, and as manifestations of medical practice. Moreover, increased workloads, diminished resources, and burgeoning demands on healthcare workers all lead toward a creation of an environment characterized by increased commercialism and decreased compassion. Such dysfunction has implications far beyond the medical school experience. It leads to increased costs, medical errors, and preventable adverse outcomes. Healthcare institutions have taken steps to address unprofessional and unethical behavior. While the methods are varied, each has created an institutional code for professional behavior, a structure for anonymous reporting, and training for institutional leaders in dealing with issues regarding professionalism. Expanding such measures would send an even stronger message about the priority of ethical professional behavior. The task ahead involves exposing the hidden curriculum of healthcare professionals in order to change the underlying culture of our institutions, thus fostering a revolutionary change in the way medicine is taught and practiced. All right. All right. That one seems much more straightforward than the passage from last week. So hopefully the questions <laughs> are easy as well. We'll see. All right. Question 48. The author suggests that the notion that, quote, a few bad apples are responsible for unprofessional behavior in medical schools is flawed because it, A, overlooks the possibility that many faculty members behave unprofessionally, B, only addresses the behavior of faculty members, but not other healthcare professionals. C, leaves medical students with little recourse for reporting such behavior. Or D, fails to recognize that the problem of unprofessional behavior is systemic. Uh, so, if we try to find, I'm trying to quickly glance through the few bad apples where that came from to see if I could scan around that. And it's in the second paragraph. And the author says, it would be overly simplistic to suggest that within that particular medical school, or even within all medical schools, quote, a few bad apples are responsible for such behavior. Rather, this graduate's experience reflect a hidden curriculum Um i.e. information learned from the organizational environment taught by example by faculty and other professionals. It illustrates a deep-rooted culture of disrespect and dysfunction that is pervasive throughout our healthcare system. So, uh, a few bad apples responsible for the unprofessional behavior is flawed because it, and then I think it would go to... Um, 
where is it? Uh, answer choice D, talking about the unprofessional behavior is systemic, I think is where that paragraph is taking us. That is great. Um, yeah, you found that one right away. That's the correct answer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, it, it just going and glancing back at that few bad apples one and, and remembering that he talks about it being pervasive throughout our healthcare system, uh, just translating that to it being systemic is is the, cho- the easy choice to just jump to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is one question where um, we can go back to the passage, we get an idea of what the author is saying, and then it's actually clear enough that we can predict the right answer. Uh, and then D matches perfectly with what we would predict. So that's great. Um, I would say the only one that might be a little bit tempting is A, um, where it overlooks the possibility that many faculty be- members behave unprofessionally. Mm-hmm. Um, cause maybe, you know, you'll get caught up in the phrase a few and you think, um, oh, well, it's not a few, it's actually many, but that's not exactly what this passage is saying. This passage is saying is actually part of the organizational structure, so it's systemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, it, it involves people other than just faculty members. Okay. So, perfect. All right, let's try 49. Uh, which of the following is an example of a hidden curriculum as described in the passage? A, a medical student learns suturing by watching the procedure rather than by reading about it. B, an apprentice electrician spends time assisting and learning from experienced electricians. C, an office worker observes that managers overlook harassment of clerical staff. And D, medical residents choose a specialty based on avoiding a stressful, hostile work environment. Oh, hidden curriculum. So... Again, it gives an example, information learned from the organizational environment taught by example by faculty and other professionals. Um, So A, a medical student learns suturing by watching the procedure rather than reading about it. I don't think that's uh, what they're talking about, information learned from the environment. Uh, B, um, an apprentice. Uh, That one would, I think, would be tempting to say, oh, watching, that's learned from the environment. But I, I don't think that's, it just doesn't seem like it's hidden to me. That's, I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. Um, B, an apprentice electrician spends time assisting and learning from experienced electricians. Again, that's uh, that seems to be like that's what you're supposed to do. Um, an office worker observes the manager's overlook harassment of clerical staff. So again, that's the organizational environment of, of seeing uh, managers harassing clerical staff. Um, or the managers overlooking the harassment of the clerical staff. So that one's interesting to me. And then medical residents choose a specialty based on avoiding a stressful, hostile work environment. Um, Again, it's not talking about what they've learned from that. So I would go with C because the office worker is seeing that the managers are overlooking this harassment and so apparently that's uh, okay and, and therefore the hidden curriculum. I would go with C. C is correct. All right. Yeah. I like yeah. It. Awesome. Yeah, that one's that one is um that's exactly the right um route to take to get to that answer. Um and so C matches with the definition they give of a hidden curriculum in the passage. Uh so that makes sense. I think sometimes uh people are tempted by A or D because they they're about uh, medical students or medical residents, right? So like the topic matches the topic of the passage. Mm-hmm. 
but that that isn't going to be that's actually a common uh, trap answer is one that matches in topic but isn't analogous in the situation um and then there's also the fact like i think you said it yourself too like a and b if we were tempted by either of those they're awfully similar to each other Mm. right they're really identical they're like um someone who's in training is learning through observation uh, there's no way we could distinguish A from B, so A and B both have to be wrong because they both can't be right. Okay. Great. Question 50. The author's characterization of the gap in medicine suggests that there is a disconnect between A, an institution's stated goal versus its actual priorities, B, what patients expect from medical care versus what they actually receive, See the idea of practicing medicine versus the day-to-day reality of it, or D, the experience of medical school versus the experience of healthcare work. So the gap in medicine, so there's a disconnect between, and the um, where they talk about a gap is in paragraph four. In most institutions, there's a gap between the official version of medical aims, putting patients at the center of their endeavors, and the actual culture of the institution, which is maintaining a medical hierarchy. So I think the author is saying that there's a gap between the institution's stated goal versus its actual priority. So I would go with A. A is correct. All right. Wow. That was a pretty easy one to get to. Yeah, that one is pretty easy. Um, Because B, C, and D all kind of make sense if we just think about them in terms of like our own knowledge, but they just don't match what the passage is saying. And the passage makes it easy for us by talking about this gap directly so we can go right back and find it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. So one more. Um, 52. The author implies that the dysfunctional and unprofessional atmosphere described may have which of the following results? A, it ultimately impacts the quality of medical care patients receive. B, it discourages promising students from uh, pursuing a medical career. C, it fosters dysfunction in other non-medical fields. And D, it projects an unflattering picture of the business of healthcare. Uh, the author implies that the dysfunctional and unprofessional atmosphere described may have which of the following outcomes. Um, and so again, just I, for some reason, I'm remembering where stuff is in this paragraph, I think in this passage, because I think it, it was relatively easy to follow along <laughs> with, uh, at the end of paragraph four, it says such, such dysfunction has implications far beyond the medical school experience. It leads to increased costs, medical errors, and preventable adverse outcomes. Um, and so it's saying the ultimately impacts the quality of medical care patients receive, I think, would be the easy choice there. And let me just quickly read through the other ones. Uh, Discouraging, promising students from pursuing a medical career. Well, these people are already in medical school, so I don't think it's going to discourage them from continuing. Uh, Fosters dysfunction in other non-medical fields. I don't remember where it mentioned any of that. And then D, it projects an unflattering picture of the business of healthcare. Well, yeah, it's kind of true, but I don't think um, he really talks about that or she. Um, so I would go with A, uh, impacting the quality of medical care patients receive because it talks about costs, medical errors, and preventable adverse outcomes. Yes, that is correct. Um, perfect. So that was four for four. Finish strong. <laughs> I must yeah. have learned something. 
Well, definitely, right? Um, and it's also it's also a good exercise in um, if we were actually doing this section, uh, it'd be important to be good at our time management skills because this passage, you know, we got four points, and if we'd run out of time, we could have, you know, missed all these questions. So, yeah, lesson there. This passage seemed to be a lot longer than other ones. On on the MCAT, what should a student expect from one passage to the other as far as length? So on the actual MCAT, uh, passages can vary pretty significantly. So most CARS passages fall between 500 and 600 words. And so 500 versus 600 actually is a pretty pretty noticeable difference, right? That means like a 600-word passage is like 20% longer um, than a 500-word passage. So that is this is actually very realistic in that regard. Um, we do for this podcast, we do shorten the cars passages a little bit. So you'll notice this one actually wasn't, um, that full 500 words, but, um, no, you can definitely see some variation and actually a lot more variation in the sciences. Okay. Interesting. So big take home, our last cars passage. What's, what's your, your big takeaway message as we, um, forget about cars and move (laughs) on to, um, was it bio biochem next? It is. Yeah. So what's what's our, our our message that we want to leave students with? All right. So cars, of course, um, every student has, you know, slightly different issues with cars. But I would say the biggest takeaway from the work we've done is to remember that cars answer choices really are going to be direct. Uh, so I think about most of the questions that um, you might have missed uh, in in this sort of uh, passages that we've done were because um, you almost think too much, right? So you can start um, reading a sentence in the passage, really thinking about what that means and like which which answer choice like might follow from that. Mm-hmm. When in reality, there's another answer choice that's like really directly stated, essentially. So I always tell my own students to if you catch yourself doing a lot of speculating, like oh, like this is probably right if this is true and that's true, then um, hold up and see if there is a more direct answer elsewhere in the passage. All right, so there you have it. More cars. Last cars passage of next step test prep full length ten. I hope this was helpful for you. As you can see, the quality of the questions that come from Next Step Test Prep and their full lengths, that's why students come to me and say that the the tests from Next Step are the best tests outside of the the AAMC tests. Those practice tests from the AAMC obviously are the gold standard because they make the MCAT. They write the MCAT, but the ones from Next Step Test Prep are right behind the AAMC tests as far as the best tests, the tests that you should be using to help you prepare for your MCAT test day. Go check out everything that Next Step Test Prep has to offer you at nextsteptestprep.com. And you can use the promo code MCATPOD, that's all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D, to save some money on courses, on full lengths, on anything else that Next Step has to offer you. Hope you have a great week. Come back next time. Subscribe. And don't forget to tell a friend. That's what I want you to do today, too. Tell a friend about the MCAT podcast and let them know that they can be getting free MCAT prep every week right on their phone. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.